Hey! It's a brand new, exciting episode of Life's a Garden. How y'all doing out there? Hope you're having a great day, living your best life. If you haven't yet, please do me the favor, like, share, subscribe, follow on all platforms, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcast, wherever you get your podcasts, really helps us out here, so if you wouldn't mind doing that, we'd be much appreciated. Now here's the thing, I am goddamn sick and tired of the snow, I'm over it, now I know, I know. I'm the one who, when it gets too hot, I bitch about the heat. When it gets too cold, I bitch about the cold, okay? It's run its course, okay? We've reached the finish line. Can spring just hurry the fuck up and get here now? Because I am over the cold. I'm at the point. And not only that, I miss the sun. I'm tired of this... It gets, it's, it's dark when I go to work and it's dark when I leave work. I'm done with it. I'm over it. I miss the sun. I need more energy after work because the second I get home, I'm just ready to, to zonk out. So let's, let's be done with this. Okay. Let's hurry it the fuck up and bring on spring. I'm not, I'm not even sitting here begging for summer because I know I'm the kind of person that in the dead heat in the dead middle of the summer, I'm going to be crying like a little bitch wanting the snow back. Spring, I'm good with. Fall, love it. Dead middle of winter, dead middle of summer, no, no, no. Not about it, okay? So let's get over it. Let's, let's move it forward. Let's hurry the fuck up, and let's bring on the spring. Am I right or am I right? Great. I love when we can start an episode with a little bling. Oh, we got two of them. Perfect. Thank you. Let's start it off just right with some errors. It was it needed me it needed to cut me off. I was going to go off all day and we haven't even hit the intro music yet. So, why don't we go ahead and just start that? It's episode 137 of Life's a Gun. It's Super Bowl week. And of course I went with the Fox theme there in the beginning because it is on Fox this year. And if you ask me, I think Fox's theme is the least is my least favorite. It's not bad, don't get me wrong. It's alright. But I definitely prefer Sunday night or Monday night football. Bum 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 bum. Who doesn't like that? That's way better. But it is in fact Super Bowl week. And uh, oh, where do I begin with this? First and foremost, I might as well just address the obvious, that being the Kansas City Chiefs are yet again in another Super Bowl. And if you're not familiar with me and 
the things I like and the things I dislike. Well, one thing you should certainly know is that I despise, not just dislike, I despise the Kansas City Chiefs with a fiery passion. You know how how most of you people out there, uh, most average sports fans or football fans, how you felt about Tom Brady and the New England Patriots for as long as you did? And I, I was right there with you. I was right there with you. It's how I feel about the Kansas City Chiefs all the time, even pre-Mahomes. And you know what? I'm starting to feel like the rest of you are catching up to where I've been for years because the Chiefs are kind of the new Patriots. The Chiefs are kind of like that team. Difference is they don't win championships. They got one in the last five years. They've been to, This is their third Super Bowl in five years, which is just disgusting to me. It really is. It, it's horrifying. And it really honestly kind of sucks the fact that I have to root for the Eagles. Nothing against the Eagles themselves, the franchise. I just can't stand the fans. They're the they're the most some of the most obnoxious, rude. I mean, they're passionate. You can't you can't deny them that. They are very passionate. But in the same way the Raiders fans are passionate. You know, you still hate them, right? You still wouldn't show up to a game knowing you're probably going to get assaulted. That's how I feel about Eagles fans. Passionate? Yes. Assholes? Definitely. But I'm going to be right next to them. I'll be right I'll be side by side with them this week because absolutely fuck the Kansas City Chiefs. Cannot say it enough. And let's just start with the obvious. Well, let's just start with how how this all transpired. And the fact that there's been a whole there's been a whole deal this this week about the refs and how the refs kind of screwed the uh, the the Bengals and how the Chiefs got away with one and to an extent I under like I get it and I and I kind of want to stand by that it's really hard to win the last play of the game dude 100% illegally hit Patrick Mahomes out of bounds and there's n- nothing you can say about that like he definitely made the mistake which led to a easier field goal it would have been a 60 yard field goal had he not done that ended up i mean you could have taken the game to overtime i definitely think there was a lot of really blown calls i think there was a lot of calls that didn't get called but this happens you know sometimes you just got to deal with it in the end joe burrow and the Bengals didn't have a game plan enough to beat the chiefs I don't think the Chiefs' defense is nearly as good as they looked in that game. Chris Jones had a hell of a game. Props to Chris Jones. Bengals had a depleted O-line. But the thing... It's so hard to not feel like the NFL wants a certain narrative year by year. You know what I mean? Because... The way Tony Romo was just sucking Patrick Mahomes' dick the entire game 
it was it was unbearable at times. Just the absolute bias from the commentary booth. I mean, at one point, Jim Nance, I, I mean, there was an intentional grounding call against Joe Burrow, and, and, and Jim Nance was like, well, wasn't P. Ryan, like, right there? And the, wouldn't you consider him eligible? And they're like, nah. Like, like we're almost just like, nah, I don't know about that. It's, it's pretty close, but no. And it's like, you're an offensive guy. Shouldn't you be pulling for the offense? The one that got me the most, like, I would... We're, we're used to cock-sucking commentators, right? Joe Buck sucked Aaron Rodgers' dick all his career. Uh, the... Freaking uh, Chris Collinsworth does the same thing with Patrick Mahomes. They all have done it with Tom Brady. We've seen it. This isn't anything new. Now, the thing that really irked me, the one that just totally turned me against Tony Romo, Joe Burrow and the Bengals are lining up to go down the field for a game-winning drive. Or, you know, yeah, it would have been a game-winning drive. There was like three minutes left in the game. And they're ready to go down and try and win this game. And usually, you would imagine Tony Romo, ex-quarterback, offensive guy. You'd think he'd be talking about what Joe Burrow needs to do in order to march his boys down the field and win this game. Instead, he's talking about what the Chiefs need to do on defense to stop Joe Burrow so that they can win. So in addition to pumping up Patrick Mahomes... To sticking his finger up his ass and really making sure he's he's giving him everything he's got. To make sure he's pleased. And to make sure everybody knows Patrick Mahomes is a, is a glorified god in everybody's eyes. In addition to that, he's telling the viewer what the Chiefs need to do on defense to win. Like, God, God forbid the Bengals go down and make a miracle play. We don't want to see that. We or Tony Romo doesn't want to see that. He wants to see the the Chiefs defense prevail. Huh? Bias as I've ever seen it. Tony fucking Glock Glock Homo in my opinion. And I'm not going to hold it against Tony Romo. I still like him, but thank God. Honestly, I'd rather hear the ba da bum ba da bum. I'd rather hear that theme song and have uh, Kevin Burkhart and Greg Olson call in the game than Tony Romo. That would be the most unbearable thing on planet Earth. Now, if you want my opinion, obviously it's going to be the most biased opinion. But in reality, I truly do believe that the Philadelphia Eagles have more than what it takes to defeat the Chiefs. The Chiefs have injuries on their wide receiving group. I just think the Eagles' offense is unreal at this moment. Their defense is complimentary. Their coaching staff is solid. Honestly, you always hope for a good game in the Super Bowl. You want it to be competitive. Not this year. I hope it is a like 1980s-style blowout. I hope it's 50-7. to seven. I'd be I'd be cheering the whole time. It would not be boring in the least to watch the Philadelphia Eagles just mud stomp the Kansas City Chiefs. So here's hoping. I might even go put a a huge uh, 
line bet on the Eagles. Plus, I got the Eagles minus uh, 14. How much do you think that would pay out? A ton. I'm not actually going to do that. I'm not that bold. But come on, Eagles. Let's go. Fly, Eagles. Fly, baby. I'm all in. I'm all in this week. I'll even go be an asshole to people if that's what it takes to be included in the fan base this week. Because I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm riding with you this week. Um, but speaking of my of teams, you know, my team, the Denver Broncos, just hired Sean Payton as their head coach. Which is exactly the one I wanted. Jim Harbaugh was up there. But Sean Payton, I think, is the best candidate for the job. I think he has the most um knowledge of the NFL of the game in the NFL. He'll he'll hire the right personnel to get us where we need to be. I'm not gonna sit here and say that it's definitely gonna be next year, but we're gonna start moving in the right direction, I think. Hopefully he sticks around for a while. Hopefully he's not like you know, it's a rough year and he's just like, ah, eh, fuck it, I'll just go back to Fox and do that again. Cause that would really suck. And then in addition to that, we had to trade another first round draft pick, which I was not overly happy about. Nor was I happy about having to uh Yeah. We traded a first round and a second round pick. We traded a first round this year and a second round next year and got the uh Saints third round, but not crazy about trading picks for a head coach, but if it pays off, so be it. So be it. So, that's football news. I love the Super Bowl, though. The Super Bowl is always a fun time, even if my least favorite team happens to be in it three out of the last five years. Three out of the last four years, in fact. God. It's all right. It'll give me something to root for, right? I'm not... Like, last year, I kind of didn't care either way. I definitely was rooting for the Bengals last year, but I didn't really care either way. I was happy either way. This year, oh, no. There will be an outcome where I will be very unhappy. So, it gives me something to root for, I guess. But also, always a good time to just throw a party, have fun, eat some good food, make some good food. We always do. If any... Okay. Now, I'll give you this, okay? I don't really talk... I I like talking sports. I like talking, you know, pop culture, things like that. I don't really talk food that much. Now, here's... I'm going to give you my recipe for, uh, like, my... What what we always cook on the Super Bowl, okay? This is is our favorite thing to make. So, it's beer... It's it's bacon-wrapped beer brats, okay? So, you buy just your standard brats uncooked brats, boil them in whatever domestic light beer you prefer. It doesn't really matter. Boil them in that. Obviously, we choose Coors Light because that's the best. Um, And then as those are boiling, you make up a, a, uh, a mixture of brown sugar and cayenne pepper to taste. There's no real, like, I'm sure there is an actual, um amount that you want of each but 
a portion, a per a certain por portion of each that you would want, but uh, just do it to taste. And then when you're when the brats are done, pull them out, cut them into threes, wrap the the uh, brats with like a half slice of bacon, put a uh, toothpick in the middle to hold it together, and then coat it with that brown sugar cayenne mix, and then you bake it in an oven for I think it's at I want to say. 425 degrees, something like that. Maybe maybe 375. I can't remember. You might have to look that up. 375, I want to say, until golden brown. Mwah. Chef's kiss. It's delicious. They're, they're, they're always like the number one thing at all of our Super Bowl parties. We make them every year. Fantastic. And I think I'm going to make my chili this year, the chili I made for the Christmas party. That thing was dummy good. So I think we're going to be eating fantastic this year for... Super Bowl. Also, this upcoming weekend, the day before the Super Bowl, UFC has got a mega fight, okay? And I am all about it. The rest of the card is kind of meh. Like, Yair Rodriguez versus Josh Hammett is going to be a good fight. It'll be entertaining, at least. The rest of them are kind of so-so. I, I really wish Robert Whitaker was fighting on this card. It's in Australia, so that would have been cool. But Alexander Volkanovsky, the featherweight champion, the pound-for-pound pound number one fighter in the world, takes on the number two pound-for-pound pound fighter in the world, and the current lightweight champion, Islam Makhachev. This might be one of the best matches or at least the best like matchups of all time this has potential to to go a lot of different ways and i mean if i'm going to give you a straight up prediction i think either makachev is just going to wrestle him to death and beat him on the ground based on what i've seen from from volk even when he's on the ground, he's pretty relentless. He has a pretty good ground game. Just look what he did against uh, Brian Ortega. He was able to to not tap on two really tightly cinched in submissions. So that's one thing I got to say. Also, though, I could see Volk dragging uh, Makachev into some deep waters. Do I see him knocking Makachev out? No. But I could see him winning a decision. Volk's been here before. He's gone five rounds many a times. He has the cardio. Not to say that Makachev doesn't. I'm, I'm almost certain he does. It's just going to be a good match. If, if here's, a, here's what it's going to boil down to. If Volkanovski can keep it on the feet for the majority of the fight, I think he wins the fight. Plain and simple. It's, all, it's also fighting for the lightweight title because this will be fought at lightweight. So if Volk loses, he still keeps his title. But he would drop the pound for pound. If he wins, he is un not only is he undoubtedly the pound for pound best right now, he like kind of puts puts himself in that talk of one of the greatest of all time. I'm not gonna say he's definitely not the greatest, but he puts himself in that talk for one of the greatest of all time. To not only win the lightweight title, he'd be a two a double champ in two divisions. But to beat Islam Makachev, who is considered Khabib 2.0, that's a huge accomplishment. 
So I'm all for it. We're going to have a great weekend of sports. I'm excited as all get out. So cheers to a great weekend of sports. UFC fights and the Super Bowl on the same weekend. What more can you ask for? What more can you ask for? Um, in other news, out getting out of the sports realm, talked a lot about sports already. In other news, Disney has um, made the decision to close down Splash Mountain. Now, I don't know much about the Disney theme park, considering I've never been, and uh, I don't really look into it all that much. But even if you don't know anything, if you really know very little about Disney, you've heard of Splash Mountain. From what I understand, Splash Mountain has always been like the prime ride at Disneyland. It's always it's been like the pinnacle. It's like always like the must do. It's like a bucket list type thing. I don't know why. I'm not I, I'm not really sure. I I'm pretty sure it's the one that shoots you out into the water. It's like a log flume type ride. If if I'm not it's got to be, right? It's called Splash Mountain. The reasoning for the shutdown, uh, the theme of said ride is based around um, fun and, no, what, no, I was going to say fun and fancy free, but that's not it. Uh, Song of the South. That's what it is. Song of the South, which is Br'er Rabbit and uh, Br'er Fox and I can't remember the guy's name. Uh, Uncle Reek, uh, Uncle Remus is is the the guy. and. Understandably so, the reasoning for shutting it down is Song of the South is highly considered to be like out of date. Um, I I honestly don't even remember what the I don't I I don't even remember even watching Sound Song of the South. I do remember watching like old um videos on VHS of Br'er Rabbit and Br'er Fox, but. It, was, it wasn't Disney, I don't think. It was something different. It wasn't like that. But as far as I understand it, Song of the South has to do with uh, like plantation owner type stuff or something along those lines, which begs the question, truly, how is it taken till 2023 to shut it down? Let's be honest. In today's culture, I can't believe... I mean, not even in today's culture... How if that's what that's about? I mean, they don't even show it on they they almost like removed all references to Song of the South in Disney Plus in Disney lore. So how is it that Splash Mountain was able to withstand it this long? Honestly. And I and and you know me, I'm not crazy in like the PC culture. This is a little beyond PC culture, right? The whole you know, plantation, like, once you start diving into, like, actual slavery shit, it gets a little dicey, especially when it comes to children's rides. I'm sure the reason it's taken this long is because the ride itself is such a staple of the park. Now, my now if we're going to say that, why not just rebrand it, right? Which is what they're doing. They're going to rebrand it. 
It's still going to be the same ride, just different theme of the ride. Uh, Doi makes a lot of sense, if you ask me. Um, and, yeah, it, I just can't believe it took this long to do so. And from what I've understood, from what I've heard, they're going to rebrand it to uh, Princess and the Frog. And it's going to be called, like, the Bayou something or other, which makes sense, right? It's water-themed, Bayou. And, in a way, kind of redeems what it was, you know? Song of the South was about, like, slavery and things, or, or at least had slavery... Um, under underlying slavery themes. And then of course Princess and the Frog what is a uh at least the Disney version. I'm pretty sure Princess and the Frog is like an old old tale, but the Disney version is um a bl- the first ever black princess and uh uh overall um African American themed children's cartoon. Or Disney Princess cartoon, whatever. So that's kind of cool, and it, so it's kind of a a uh, redemption arc for Splash Mountain in such way. Um, <laughs> Happy Black History Month, right? Hey, cheers to that! It's it's Black History Month, and so the, the, you gotta almost assume they made that news right around now because of that. But uh, yeah, so. As far as, like, PC shit goes, as far as, like, woke culture goes, things, stuff like that, I mean, I'm alright with this. Like, that's fine. No no worries here. If the ride is gonna remain the same, and you're gonna rebrand it, and just have different themes around the ride, okay? That's, that makes a lot of sense. And like I said, I can't believe it took this long. And, yeah, that's a perfect one to, to replace it. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. Whatever. I've never, I've never even seen Princess and the Frog. I heard it's really good. But I've, I've also not seen a lot of Disney movies. So I'm kind of old school Disney. I don't really watch a lot of newer Disney movies. Um, on the other hand, when we're going... So I said this as far as a PC move. Don't bother me. Let's go to the other side now. Anybody out there seen this new... Scooby-Doo series Velma on HBO Max. I shouldn't even refer to it as a Scooby-Doo series because, spoiler alert, Scooby-Doo's not even in it. So this is a rebranded series. Uh, It's a whole fresh original series centered around Velma Dinkley of the Mystery Group. Mystery Inc., from Scooby-Doo, right? Uh, this is fronted by Mindy... Is her name Mindy Cayley? Do I have that right? Who played uh, in The Office. And she played... She had her own series for a while. And, um, yeah. The, so so the, the series centers around Velma. And uh, they decided to to really change things up in the group. Now, first thing I want to say, Mindy Kaley, I've never thought she was funny. That's just my own personal opinion. I never thought she was that funny. Her character on The Office is one of the least likable characters. 
but this is her thing she's gonna do and you know let's just be honest let's truly be honest why she's so popular in hollywood diversity okay it's the thing it's it's truly probably the reason i'm not saying she's completely untalented okay but it, when it comes to the world of comedy eh, right eh. i'm sure she's a fine actress she's definitely better than me at that comedy so if you want to come at me, if I'm a if I'm an HBO Max exec and you come up to me and you push this across the table, okay? If Mindy Kaylee comes up to me and says, "So listen, I got a uh, I got a great idea for this brand new original series cuz HBO I'm pretty sure HBO Max and Warner own the rights to uh, Scooby-Doo in general." Also, let me just men- let me just go ahead and say this: the last, I don't know, seven reiterations of Scooby Doo have all been piss poor. They've all sucked huge donkey balls. Every re uh, reimagining of Scooby Doo I've seen in the last ten years has been god awful. Hey. Actually, 15 years, 20 years. I don't know. It's been been a long time since I've seen a good original Scooby-Doo series. And then you come up to... So I already know that. I'm already sitting here knowing that that every reiteration of Scooby-Doo for the last decade has been trash. And you come up to me and pitch me the idea, Hey, I want to do a Scooby-Doo series, but get this. We take away Scooby-Doo, okay? Hear me out. We take away the main character of the series. Well, Mindy, who on earth will we have be the main focus? Shaggy? I mean, a lot of people do like Shaggy. Shaggy's a very popular character, especially in the last few years. He had that whole meme that was about him, right? So I'm assuming Shaggy, right? No, 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 no. No, no, no. Uh, Shaggy will be a side character. Oh, and actually, we're going to change him. We're going to make him black. And, and he's not even going to be named Shaggy. His name's going to be Norville. And, and you know how he's, like, kind of closeted a, a uh, hippie and a, and a dope smoker? Yeah, we're going to make sure that we make it very clear that he's not into drugs at all. Because that's comedy! And then, okay, so she's she hits me with that, and I'm like... Okay, so I'm assuming, just based on what you told me, we're going to completely get rid of the, the main character and the, the best male lead character that could possibly be. I'm assuming, in this culture, you want to go with a female lead. So, I, I gotta assume it's Daphne, right? She's, she's like the sex appeal type character in the mystery group. I mean, we could we could probably I don't know how we're gonna do it, but right? I'm assuming it's Daphne. No, 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 no. We're not gonna go with the sex appeal character. We're not gonna go with the comedy character in Sh- with Shaggy. We're not even gonna go with the leader in Boring Ass Fred. We're gonna go. With the least popular character in the entire group, 
Velma. Now, I understand Velma has had this kind of odd fan thing, you know, like the where they've kind of reimagined Velma as like this sexy, you know, whatever, like thick, she's got a dump truck type ass. You know, if you're not aware of this, just go look up anything Scooby-Doo, uh, what's it called, fan uh, fan art. Look up Scooby-Doo fan art, and I'm sure 90% of it's going to be Velma. For some reason, Velma has been made into like this kind of sexy character, which don't get me wrong, I can, I kind of get it, you know? She's the nerdy one, but in order to do that, you have to kind of re-make her in a way. You know what I mean? You kind of have to, like, make her look sexier. She can't be this frumpy bull dyke like she already is. So what did she, What did they do? What did Mindy Kaylee decide to do with that? You, you didn't ride the success, the, the clear success of the simps who love to drool over sexy Velma. So what would you do? You made her into a frumpy bull dyke. Like we already knew she was. But, to change her up just a tad, they made her brown. Newsflash! Changing a character's ethnicity doesn't make them any more interesting. Congratulations, you fucked up. Congratulations, you just handed the HBO exec a flaming pile of, pun intended, dog shit. But what did the HBO exec do? He greenlit it. So, now they go ahead and produce this piece of shit. Typically, typically, I won't rag on any music I'll tr- I I try not to. I try not to rag on music, shows, movies that I have yet to see, okay? I like to at least have the you know, have seen it to make an opinion about it. I've seen enough clips and I've read enough reviews to know that this thing sucks. I just gave you the basic background of it in a shell. It's already something I don't give a fuck about. Velma is the main character. What's least interesting? What's what's more less interesting than that? You already took away the best character in Scooby. Or the main character in Scooby. And you fucked. You completely changed the next best character, which was Shaggy. So knowing that information already, like, I don't care that they made Shaggy black. He just is not even the same guy. He's not a hippie. He's not, he doesn't have his pal Scoob. And then there was always, like, this kind of relationship thing with with Velma and Shaggy. They're, they always, like, kind of alluded to that, even though we all know Velma's a lesbian. 
But then they kind of they had to just go with the obvious and make her a lesbian with Daphne, right? Oh, and also, did I forget to mention Fred is like the almost the utmost stereotypical like rich white guy, snobby rich white guy. Who'd have thought that would happen? I mean, we already knew he kind of was that, but they really drive it home. So, they should have just named the damn show Scooby-Dooby-Don't. Because it's nothing you want to watch. Like I said, the last few reimaginations of Scooby-Doo have been just horrible. And I didn't think it could get worse. (laughs) HBO Max said, hold my beer. And check this shit out. Yeah. Pretty fucking bad. Also, in case you think I'm being too harsh, it got the worst rating on Rotten Tomato of all time. Beating out the atrocity that is Dragon Ball Evolution. It dethroned the king. The king of shit. So, not so sure that it's going to get renewed. Thank God. It's honestly, like, this right here, I, I gotta say, and I gotta pray. This is the end of, like, this this woke movement in in movies and TV. Because it's it's not working. It's not working. Like, look at the last few... Marvel movies and TV series. They just, they really have been trying to push this PC narrative that it's, and on the surface, I understand. Yes, there does need to be more representation. Yes, there does need to be uh, diversity in these movies. When it's so blatantly in your face, I lose all sense of giving a shit of the movie. Like, if I can smell the agenda, you've lost me. I'm done. I don't care anymore. And that's what all these movies have do- are doing. These mo- all these TV series, all these movies, it's what they're doing. They're just driving it down your throat to the point that you're, you're glocking, glocking like fucking Tony Romo. You're just, you're choking it up. You can't handle it anymore. Can't deal with it. And I and I pray that this Velma show is the death of this movement. We're ready to be back. Like, yes, have representation. Have diversity. Great. That's fine. Just don't force feed it to us. There's the right way to do it, and there's the wrong way to do it. And they really haven't figured it out. Like, there have been moments that they've done it well. Black Panther was a great example. Even though there were little subtle jabs of PC culture, it wasn't overbearing. Um, I've heard The Last of Us, this the new show The Last of Us. I haven't seen it, so I'm not spoiling anything that, that you probably haven't heard. There's some kind of a gay relationship in that, like a, a male-on-male gay relationship. But apparently it's done, like, well. 
Like, it's not done so, like, in your face, like, look at these two dudes, they're gay and kissing. Like so many other shows and, and movies do anymore. And I've said it time and time again. I've gone on record saying there aren't any good TV shows or movies being made anymore. It really just doesn't happen. And that's not all the way true. There have been good ones. But if, if, if it's anything that you can smell the agenda in, I'm out. I'm immediately done. It's over. There's no point. So knowing that this Velma show was, was just littered in it, bye-bye. And it, apparently, I wasn't the only one. Everybody else thought the same thing. If the ratings were just the worst in history, let this be the final nail in the coffin of this movement. And let's go back to good filmmaking, please. If you Now, if you want to talk about a TV channel, a TV network that I can't really tell if they've abandoned the PC culture or if they've like gone all the way in. The TLC network, okay? The TLC network, I didn't even really realize how many just absolutely bananas shows they have on that network but it's a it's it's pretty intense let me go ahead and look this up okay i'm going to i'm just going to read to you a few of the top shows the TLC network likes to run because when i say i can't tell if they're all the way pc or not they have a i mean they like to examine all walks of life okay they make sure every person of representation gets represented but i don't think they're doing it with that intention in mind i feel like they're trying to find the absolute biggest freaks that this world has to offer and they want to make a show about their lives and they want to basically make fun of them, essentially. They want to just show the world, like, it's essentially what the TLC network is, is what a carnival freak show used to be in, like, the 1920s. You want to see the bearded lady? They got her on TLC. You want to see the fucking two-headed man? You got him. Like, anything, like, every show is about look how this freak lives their life is essentially what it is am i wrong i know that's like crass to say and i and i'm sorry but it's the truth it's literally hey look at this how these freaks live their day-to-day life okay shows tlc shows you i mean you've heard of a few of these right you got the thousand pound sisters right you got the um, my hundred or what is it? My six hundred pound life. That's a big one. Um, this okay. I only just found out about this show. It's called I Am Shauna Ray. So this girl Shauna Ray is a twenty three year old woman, but she looks and sounds like she's eight. 
And it's the creepiest fucking thing I've ever seen. And I believe it to be true. I'm not saying that this is not the truth. She's she's clearly has some kind of disablement, right? That causes her to have this, to, to, to look and sound like she's eight. But then it's like they're putting her through all these like different, you know, take her out to bars and she's drinking and it's, it's weird because you're watching a ch- essentially watching a child drink. And then you add romance. And to any guy who's willing to date a 23-year-old, a legal 23-year-old, but she looks and sounds like she's eight, you pedophile. You closeted pedophile, and you just found the right one who's not going to send you to jail. Like, there's no way that could work. Ever. It's creepy as shit. She's a freak. Um, what else we got? We got, um, okay, 90 Day Fiance. That's not that crazy. Yeah, like the 600, my 600 pound life. Seven little Johnstons. So that's a whole show about little people. I mean, Dr. Pimple Popper. Oh, Cake Boss. I guess Cake Box. Cake Boss is pretty good. But you know what I mean? It's like, let's just find all the freaks in the world and just make a show about them. The one I love the most. Now, this isn't a freak thing, but it's freakish. So they got this new show coming out called Milf Manor. And what it is, like like a lot of dating shows, right? You have um, a, a slew of women who are staying in a house together. And uh, they're all MILFs, obviously, right? Hence the name. So all these hot moms are in this mansion together. And they're looking for love, right? You've... You kind of have seen a variety of shows like this. You know kind of what the shows are. Or how these shows operate. The Bachelor, things like that. The twist is the men that these women will be floundering around with and, and dating and fucking and all that stuff are the other women's sons and I gotta tell you I haven't wanted to watch a show more in my life you want to plot twist me brother you fucking hook line and sinkered me with that one I desperately need to see how this plays out it's it's brilliant. It truly is. And and here's the thing. I don't understand how the TLC network gets away with half of what they do. Just like I mean, they they're going to disguise themselves as saying we're we're uh exposing the lives of all these people who otherwise wouldn't get exposure or whatever. We're 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 bringing light to other people's lives. And yes, that is true. But you're profiting off of a freak show. Like, people used to pay to go watch freaks at the carnival. Now they just got to turn on TLC. And you get to see it all. (laughs) 
And honestly, I'm kind of here for it. I might start watching a lot of TLC Network. Because all this other shit that's out here, I mean, you want to talk about mindless reality shows? There's plenty of them. TLC took reality and said, let's just throw the craziest shit we can on television. Let's throw an eight-year-old who's actually 23 and have her go to sex shops and go to strip clubs and do all this crazy shit. Dude, I'm here for it. I'm on board. Chugga, 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 chugga. I'll drive the fucking train. You know what? TLC should actually, they should greenlight the next Scooby-Doo remake. Honestly, like, if you really want to make a good, a Scooby-Doo show that I'm interested in watching, fucking just have them recreate it. You could literally, I mean, you could have uh, Shaggy, he's he's the 600-pound guy, right? Shaggy's the 600-pound guy in the group because he eats so much. Unlike, the car- unlike normal cartoons, it actually fucks him up. And he's, he's 600 pounds of dead weight to the group. But he's there. Daphne. Daphne's the the eight-year-old, the 23-year-old trapped in an eight-year-old's body dating Fred, who is a closeted pedophile and is just dealing with it in, in a legal way. <laughs> oh, my God. And then um, Daphne... Daphne is a uh, a dwarf that's... No, we can't have her be a dwarf. We already got the one... We already got Daphne being uh, the eight-year-old. Because she'll be tiny, too. Um, no, no. Um, Velma will be... Uh, she'll be in the middle of a sex change operation. Obviously. Because... Obviously. We know. We know why. Um, because that's... Just, that's who Velma is. That's what Velma is. Okay. And then Scoob will just have, like, Down Syndrome, right? He'll be Scooby-Dooby Downs. I'm pretty sure they have a show like that, right? On on TLC2? Like, what what's that show where it's, like, the autistic people or Down Syndrome people, like, trying to find love? Like, Love on the Spectrum, is that on TLC? Probably. Ruh-ruh-raggy? I'm retarded. God damn. <sighs> Scoob. Like man! No, wait, sorry. Like man! I can't even get out of bed! Or he'll just be like, he'll just be, uh, Shaggy will just be in the van at all times, just like clogging up at the back, the back of the van. Jesus. Now that's a Scooby-Doo series I can get on board with, right? Scooby-Dooby Downs. Might as well just call that one Scooby Dooby Don't. Because that might be crossing a line. But it, it doesn't when it's on TLC. Somehow TLC gets away with this shit. You got me how? No idea. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, God. That was funny. That was fun. 
Obviously, I have to clarify for the people who are unaware, I was joking about most of that. I mean, the best jokes are the ones that have a little bit of truth in it, right? And they're just jokes, everybody. Just fooling around, so calm down. That's the other thing about the PC culture shit. You can't even have, you can't even joke about shit anymore. If you want to make everything all inclusive and everybody is equal, then everybody can equally be made fun of. Okay? And feelings shouldn't be hurt. But that's way off the beaten path for them. That doesn't fly for anybody. All right, let's close this bastard out. Um, Oh, I did want to talk about this, actually. I should have talked about this when I was talking football. (sighs) Speaking of terrible movie ideas, this new 80 for Brady movie, like, so the premise, I guess, is like four older women are going to go see a Tom Brady game, a New England Patriots Tom Brady game, for whatever reason, I don't know why, bucket list shit, I guess. That's the basic story of it. Now, the real question is, who is this for? Who's watching this? 80 for Brady. Like, who's the target audience here? So, I mean, you're clearly only going to catch the eye of, like, Patriots fans or Boston sports fans. I can't imagine too many hardcore, fo- like, football fans of any other team are going to even remotely want to watch this because everybody hates the Patriots if you're not a Patriots fan. A lot of people just hate Tom Brady in general, which, by the way, congratulations to Tom Brady on his second retirement. I did a whole thing about him last time he retired. Not going to do it again because 80 for Brady can't be a good movie. I'm sorry, it can't. So you've already just narrowed down your audience to just Patriots fans, okay? Or other like not very big sports fans. You're either a Patriots fan or you don't like sports. These are the people who are going to go see this movie. Now you have to narrow it down again to people who want to watch, I I don't know, it's probably not a rom-com, but I think it's like kind of a comedy that bases around four old women. So it's like a a chick flick, right? It's It's like an older chick flick. So now you've got all these, like... Majority sports fans who are majority men, how many of them are going to want to go see a chick flick with older women? I mean, you didn't even make them hot. They're not even like young hot chicks. I can't, I don't, I'm not even going to make a, a guess as to the amount of money this movie is going to hemorrhage. But it's going to be a lot. It's going to be so much money. I don't even know. This movie will not make any money. It, it will hemorrhage money. I, 
I, I don't even know. So that's my prediction on that. Um, last thing I, I will say, though, I do want to say this. Um, truly, I do want to mention, happy Black History Month. Now, in the past, I've been one of those cynical guys that's like, mm, well, why does why do they get a whole month? Or whatever, you know, it's like stupid, stupid thinking, right? Like, I'm not talking about recently, but like in my youth, I was always like, well, that's like, I don't get why they get a month and, and like the Asians don't get a month and the Mexicans don't get a month. Like certain people get days, you know what I mean? Like in the end, fuck it. Like let people have whatever month they want, right? I don't care. I'm fine with it. I'm fine with, you know, have, now it is kind of, I will say it is kind of fucked up that they decided to give them the, like, what is it? The, the shortest month of the year. Like they couldn't even get a couple extra days, even on a leap year. You're still short. So that, that part was kind of fucked up that they gave them that. And it's like winter, but yes, black history month. I mean, I'm not obviously in the culture, but for those that are, yeah, it's cool. It's cool that they get a time to reflect on their culture. Just like, you know, St. Patrick's Day. I look at St. Patrick's Day differently than I'm sure anybody who isn't Irish does. So if I look at it that way, and yes, the Irish just get one day, but it's a fun fucking day. We have a lot of fun on, on St. Patrick's Day. It You know, for this culture, for the culture of African Americans to have a whole month to themselves, I'm fucking a-okay with that. I'm so, like, that is fine by me. Um... Same with like Pride Month, even though eh. that Pride Month, no pun intended, definitely gets jammed down your throat a lot more than uh, Black History Month. And it see for I guess you know what the difference is to me. I think I think I just figured it out. Black History Month, I f- I truly feel like the people who embrace it and and talk about it and and want like. Whenever they like do segments in sports or movies or things like that, or not movies, but like award shows or whatever it is, where they do segments talking about Black History Month, you can kind of feel like they really care and like really want to like express this. In Pride Month, it just seems like a big like, ha ha, like fuck you, look at us. And it doesn't help that the corporate shit really like leans into it. And it, that's kind of obnoxious, and that's just my first-hand opinion. Okay, that's just that's just an observation I'm making. I don't know that to be true. That's just how it feels sometimes. Um, but in light of uh, Black History Month, I thought I would um, shout out some of my favorite African American or Black people. I don't know what you prefer anymore. If it's Black or African American, either way. I just want to be politically correct. Um, yeah, I want to shout out some of my all-time favorite black people. Um, historically, I mean, you got to give it. And I'm not even making a joke here. Like, this sounds like it could be a joke. It's the first person that came to my mind was uh, uh, Carver, George Washington Carver, the inventor of peanut butter. I mean, huge props to that motherfucker. For real. Peanut butter is delicious. 
Um, but also, like, obviously Martin Luther King and uh, Malcolm X. Those guys are very revolutionary. I don't really know, like, I remember celebrating Martin Luther King in school. And obviously, I didn't really dive too deep into him because it's not really, it didn't strike me like it would somebody who the fight was for. But obviously a very uh a very passionate, very uh driven man. I'm pretty certain the CIA killed him, just like they killed Kennedy. Um Barack Obama, if we're talking historic, my fr- the first president I ever voted for, and I'd do it again. I truly would. A lot of people, I mean, you never know where I'm coming from politically. But I voted for Barack then, and I probably would do it now, honestly. In sports, God, I mean, we could go on for days here. Vaughn Miller, Rod Smith, Shannon Sharp, if we're just talking Bronco players. I mean, of all time, dude. Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, Shaquille O'Neal. I mean, you name it, God. I mean, the list truly goes on. Movies, Chadwick Boseman. Denzel Washington, uh, Jamie Foxx, incredible actor, Samuel L. Jackson, Wesley Snipes. I've never really been a Kevin Hart fan. Dave Chappelle, my favorite comedian of all time. Dave Chappelle deserves a huge shout-out from me. I mean, it's kind of hard just to think off the top of my head. I really don't – I'm not very good at this. I know I'm forgetting – a ton of people. When it comes to sports, man, oh, Kamaru Usman, Israel Adesanya, I gotta put fighters in there. Uh, Mike Tyson, some of the best. WWE, who do I got? Booker T, The Rock, he's Samoan. He might be half black, but he's Samoan. Um, you know, like, there's a lot. There's a lot of, of peop- black people Africa, I, I I feel bad I didn't name any women. I just realized that. <laughs> um, holy shit. So, uh, now I got a shout out of Aretha Franklin. Oh, I didn't even do musicians. Holy shit. Prince, Michael Jackson, more guys. <laughs> um, but, uh, Whitney Houston. Uh, I mean, the list goes on, man. Serena Williams, if I'm thinking sports. Movies, Halle Berry. Yeah, I mean, I'm just shouting out a few names that I that just keep popping in my head. But, uh, yeah, so I figured that was a decent way to end the podcast, giving some shout-out, giving some love to uh, shout-out Coach Heron O'Neal, shout-out Tim Brown, shout-out Chris Dixon, um, just a few more people. In the uh, that in in the more inner circle, I suppose. So, thank you all for listening. Truly do appreciate it as always. Um, Super Bowl Sunday, baby. Have fun. Be safe. Drive safe. Enjoy the game. Let's go, birds. And uh, most importantly, don't forget, life's a garden. Dig it.
work, dig it, you make it work.